And now, a presentation on the Mental Health News Radio Network. The Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Ryan, that is a freaking awesome question. You are the power, and you do not need anybody's permission. He's the only guy that ever crawled out of a grave where people didn't go, oh, ah! Don't worry, don't be afraid, ever, because this is just a ride. You're, you're a great interviewer. You're one of the best. If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Out of Limits of New Truth Radio Show. Outlimitsradio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. Tonight, our featured guest is a Hall of Fame professional wrestler. He's also a freedom advocate, and he's a great guy. And I should tell you that I know two other Hall of Fame professional wrestlers Diamond Dallas Page, who's a best selling author. He also has a program called DDPY, where he helps people work on their health. And then there's, of course, Mick Foley who's been thrown off, I don't know, how many steel cages and he's a hardcore professional wrestler. He's also a best-selling author and does a lot of charity work. But all three of these individuals, they're all successful in the private sector and they all contribute a lot to the community. I think that is a great thing to say about professional wrestlers in general. I think they seem to have a very determined hard work ethic. And... One of the takeaways from tonight's program, in addition to learning about the uh, very interesting life of our featured guest, is how important it is to get involved in your community on a local level. Like, please consider running for mayor. Please consider running for town council or getting involved in any way, shape, or form because we tend to look at the highest office possible and say, well, that's going to make the most change and that's going to change things. We need to focus every couple of years. Well, if you look and you focus on the local level and you even run for office knowing the freedom and the values that you have, you can make you know, definitely, I think, more substantial change at the localized level. Before we begin, I also want to let you know that this show will delve into some political topics. Our featured guest definitely has a political perspective, point of view, and we're going to honor that. And we're going to honor all perspectives of all of our guests. There is no view that is bad to share unless your view is being against puppies. And if you're against puppies, you will never be allowed in the show. But if you have other perspectives that are pro-freedom, pro-humanity, you have an open spot on our program. Let us begin. Today on the Outer Limits of Inner Truth, we have a special guest. He is a Hall of Fame professional wrestler known as Kane, best-selling author, current mayor of Knox County, Tennessee. Our featured guest is a passionate freedom advocate who's repeatedly voted against mask mandates and other unconstitutional government edicts, including President Biden's recent mandate on vaccines. It's a great honor to welcome to our show, Mayor Glenn Jacobs. Thank you for being with us today, Mr. Jacobs. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate it. Thank you. So at this point, do you think it, it is too late to reverse U.S.'s trajectory into full-blown Australian-type tyranny at this point on a national level. If not, do you, what do you think that some people can do to preserve and even grow their freedom? You know, that's a great question. And uh, unfortunately, in many ways, it certainly does appear that the slippery slope has gone into the express lane. Um, and I think that's something that all of us who are of the uh, liberty mindset worry about. But I think when you look around the country... 
the country's kind of bifurcated. Uh, there's a clear demarcation between, and then it really does go along party lines. Uh, there's a clear demarcation between policies in blue states and policies in red states. I'll give you a great example. Here down in Knox County, Tennessee, we are home of the University of Tennessee and, of course, their football team. On any given Sunday in October, we now have 100,000 people in Neyland Stadium. When you look, say, at New York or California, and they're requiring vaccine passports and entry, uh, you know, proof of vaccination, entry into virtually every business. And that's not the case down here. I, I remember uh, speaking with a gentleman uh, who was with one of the big CrossFit uh, outfits, and uh, they were they couldn't have their uh, uh, their tournament, their event in Washington, D.C., and they were looking at Knox County, and they did come here uh, to Knox County. Um, and this was last year, I guess, last summer, and he told me it was crazy because, you know, down here, things are pretty normal. Um, and he said that if he walked out of his house in Washington, D.C., he got a $100 fine if the police saw him, it's you know, amazing. which is just crazy. Yeah. So there really is, I, th I think the most important thing that people can do um, is support strong state government and legislatures. I mean, you see what uh, Ron DeSantis is doing down in Florida, uh, you know, here in Tennessee, uh, our state legislature put in some safeguards on the last legislative session, um, you know, which um, hopefully will stand up going forward. Um, but I would really say that's the most important thing. Um, and, and we're seeing folks move also, you know, they're moving from the blue areas uh, to the red areas. And I really think that what we're going to see in our country is the, the red blue divide uh, is going to get even more pronounced and we'll see stronger concentration of liberal areas and conservative areas. Agree. We've had a future guest on before who said this is a, called a, a soft secession right now, and that we're going to see this accelerate in the coming years. But um, a lot of people, yeah, I, that's great. I, and, I, and I and and you know, I don't know if we'll ever see like a, a formal uh, secession in in that respect. Um, but I I do think that uh, you know many states are going to exert more of their authority and sovereignty over the Tenth Amendment. Uh, you know, especially as we go forward. And I've been watching you know, a lot of things that you've been doing. You've been standing up a lot to a lot of these mandates. And I think it takes a lot of courage, especially when you consider the amount of pressure that's out there. And it seems that in the U.S., even on a global scale, a lot of people always look to that presidency. And they're always looking for that change at that executive level to fundamentally change their life. But I, I think they're overlooking the importance of their own town leadership and, and town council. I was wondering, do you agree with this? And as mayor, have you been able to help your community firsthand in a much more influential way, let's say, being the president? I absolutely do agree with that. Uh, and uh, I'm going to share something that's happening here uh, that illustrates the importance of, of local government, but also um, how, uh, you know, the left really insinuates itself into everything. Um, Knox County Schools, the Board of Education has twice voted down mass mandates in schools. And a couple weeks ago, uh, there was a lawsuit that went to federal court and a federal judge overturned that decision, also nullified the governor's uh, ban on, I'm sorry, the governor had uh, an executive order allowing parents to opt out for mask mandates in schools. So he nullified that. Uh, he said, you have to have universal masking. And the, uh, the, 
the plaintiffs in the case were supported by an organization called Democracy Forward, uh, which has people like John Podesta on their board. And of course, John Podesta was Bill Clinton's chief of staff and also the 2016 chair for Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign. So we can see that even at a county level, these people are at work uh, doing what they can uh, to try to set precedents uh, and and to really try to subvert. <laughs> you know, they call themselves democracy forward, yeah. but they're subverting the democratic process, Jeez. which is so ironic to me. Um, but yes, I mean, we have been able to do some things here, and I, th- I think even more so at the state level. Um, you know, we 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 go to federal court, we can't fight the federal government. Um, you know, but we see some of the things like the state of Tennessee has done, uh, as far as, um, you know, no, uh, no governmental entity in Tennessee can require, uh, vaccine mandates or vaccine passports, uh, which is a step in the right direction. Um, but even here, I think, because I have, you know, I have stood up, I have been pretty outspoken. Um, you know, I think a lot of things which could have happened, and did happen in some other places, even some of the larger uh, cities here in Tennessee. Uh, they didn't happen in Knox County, and uh, you know, in, in Hamilton County, where Chattanooga is, somewhat the same way. Um, my friend down there, Jim Coppinger, uh, is is a good, uh, you know, a good conservative, and uh, you know, was uh, was instrumental in pushing back against uh, some of the things that folks really wanted him to do, as far as shutting businesses down and that sort of stuff. Um, you know, here are regulations that. Unfortunately, some things got put into place and I couldn't stop that. Um, but I think a lot of things that could have been put into place that were being pushed to be put in place weren't um, because I was so outspoken in my uh, opinions on this issue. I think lots of people are afraid of you. I think it's wonderful. I mean, I have to say that, you know, <laughs> that might be true too. I think it's wonderful. I mean, we, we think about the, you know, the, we're going to. Uh, Think about how you are as a professional wrestler. I mean, you have this intimidating presence. I'm like, thank God you're on the side of freedom. Thank God you're the baby face of <laughs> freedom. And um, based on what you just said, you know, because you had the initiative and you had the drive, and you were able to push back. Do you think that if other people got more actively involved in their town leadership and ran from there that had similar values that you had, that on a localized level, they could have a direct impact on their community? Well, I think, first of all, we're, we're different here in East Tennessee. Um, you know, our overall philosophy is kind of conservative libertarian, right? You know, we, we do our own thing and don't want the government in our lives, don't want people telling us what to do. And that's generally how our area is. So it's easy for me here um, because I think I represent what most people feel. Um, it's made me feel really good um, because like some of the, uh, some of the other uh, officials in this area uh, have thanked me for being outspoken because it allows them then um, to have some cover for doing what they would want to do. Um, I was even talking um, with, uh, it was it was an attorney general uh, from one of the uh, surrounding counties. Uh, and at the height of COVID, uh, he issued a statement that he was not going to prosecute people for violating health orders. And I talked with him a few months ago, and I did not know this, um, but he said that part of the reason was he looked at what I was saying and, uh, you know, realized that uh, that was that was the, the, the rationale for what he was looking for. Um, so it really does embolden people. Yeah, it really does embolden people. Um, but again, it's so much, so much easier here for me because this is how people are anyway. Good. Uh, and I don't have to fight an uphill battle against that. Yeah, it's it's not the same way in other parts of the country. I know, especially people in no. California and some of these other places. I mean, they're they're kind of inundated, 
and then it, it's like others want to infringe upon other people, and I think that's awful. You know, my understanding is that you were once you once considered yourself a socialist in college, but your beliefs changed when you graduated <laughs> and entered the real world. I, ne- I never went quite that far. Never that far. Um, I, did, I did have, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I did have some, uh, you know, just some professors that at the time they made sense, and I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, that was a terrible idea. Um, but I, ne- I never went quite far as far to be an actual socialist. I, I would say, um, you know, there were a couple issues like gun control and. Um, yeah, probably actually gun control. I was like, ah, you know, why do, why do people want to have guns? And then, you know, of course now I'm like, I get it. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, I would have never said I was quite a socialist, but I did have some left, left leaning inclinations. But some people, a lot of other college students do that today and they're really into the Marxism. And I, I can't for understand life. I mean, I understand why. I mean, do they not look at history books and see these long bread lines and see the amount of uh, graves there are? I mean, all you have to do is read that book, uh, What Socialism Is by Tom DiLorenzo. It's a quick read. Right. That's everything to know about it. So I'm just curious, how did you change and evolve your perspectives from going, let's say, teetering or delving into the, the, that world and becoming libertarian? And what is libertarianism to you? What does that mean to you? So for me, uh, I got out in the real world and realized that this whole socialist paradigm, um, it sounds great. It's utopian uh, and it'll never work in the real world. And then later I also realized that uh, it's based on violence and it's based on the threat of coercion and uh, the nullification of freedom. Um, and, and, and the longer I've thought about this, actually kind of my, um, uh, my spiritual worldview as well. Uh, you know, I think that the most important gift that human beings have is our free will. That's what separates us from animals. Um, so, you know, when we think about that, if we're deprived of our free will, you know, I'm a Christian. I think that we're separated from, from God in that respect. Um, so that's something I've really thought a lot about, you know, and how, when like people like Thomas Jefferson would talk in the Declaration of Independence about how people not only had a right, but a duty to throw off tyrannical government. That's what he was talking about. Um, but it was just getting out in the real world and realizing, man, this doesn't work. All the incentives are wrong everything's wrong. Um, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't really figure out where I was on the political spectrum because, uh, this is back when, um, back during the Bush administration, uh, that I'm having these, you know, trying to, trying to, uh, locate a home for myself. Um, and I didn't really agree with the, the social conservatism that I saw coming out of the Republican party at that point, um, because I didn't care what people did in their private lives. Just don't hurt anybody else. As long as consensual, who cares? Um, but I never did agree with, so, you know, in, in that respect, I was like, well, maybe I'm a Democrat, but then I never could agree with the Democrats on, uh, fiscal policy and taxes. And then finally someone told me, you sound like a libertarian. And I told them if they called me names, we were going to get to a fight because I'd never heard that term before. Um, but then they explained to me what it was and I just started doing some research. Um, and my first exposure was actually through the Libertarian Party. Um, and I remember at that time, and I don't know what they have now on their website, uh, but they had the non-aggression axiom, right? Uh, you know, that you, you can't initiate force against other people. And I didn't quite understand what that was talking about. Uh, but I started going down the rabbit hole and I got, got away from the politics because I was like, okay, I agree with libertarians on um, this, 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 all right, check the boxes. Um, but then I realized the more that I started reading and learning that it's a philosophy and it's a legal system. 
And then I realized it's also, uh, you know, really an economic system. If, if you look or an economic philosophy, if, if you think about Austrian economics, uh, and to me, that's the basis now of my thought is that every decision that human beings make is an economic decision. We're deciding how to economize our time, how to utilize our time, which is a scarce resource. So we have to have freedom in that area in order to have freedom in all the other areas of our life. Uh, so for me, it was just going down the rabbit hole and reading and doing research and then doing doing uh, a lot of thinking about those things. Excellent. I think libertarianism is very fascinating. I love the fact that it really rests upon the non-aggression principle. But there's a gentleman we've interviewed several times before. His name is Larkin Rose, and he is a voluntarist, and yep. he considers himself an anarchist. And one thing I, I enjoyed listening to him about is he doesn't believe, he thinks the, the belief in authority is the most dangerous superstition. And he frequently talks about the idea that giving any human being any authority over another is ultimately going to bring us back to the same place. So he doesn't want to see anything like that. Do you think that um, libertarianism, in, in a way, is a path for towards a stateless society. That true libertarianism means that you know, everyone kind of respects everyone else, but there's no true authority. I mean, what is the um, how does that f uh, factor into uh, government? Sure, uh, you, you know, we're talking about a spectrum here okay. uh, from authoritarianism uh, all the way to a stateless society. Um, my view is that the closer you get to stateless society, the less important that becomes to people. Uh, you know, because uh, things are going really well, um, you know, and um, I certainly understand the arguments, uh, you know, for that. Um, but, you know, I also look at, um, you know, the founding fathers and what they had in mind uh, and that kind of, um, you know, very small, unlimited government. And, you know, I, I think I, I think that there is an argument to be made uh, for that. Um, you know, uh, it, when we're looking at the things that we generally think of government doing as provision of uh, police and that sort of thing, um, you know, that, you know, I, and I've looked into this a lot myself, um, you know, certainly that could be provided uh, by the private market. Um, but I think if we get to that point, you know, I think that most people would be happy. Of course, the issue with that is we were kind of at that point back when America was founded, <laughs> and uh, we've grown the other way a lot since then. Um, unfortunately, I don't think that, you know, we're, we're never going to find uh, any sort of utopia in this world, uh, whether it's libertarian utopia or, of course, the socialist utopia, um, because people are just imperfect beings. And, you know, Excellent when I think point. about the history of our country, yeah, I think about the history of our country. Uh, there's a really good book that's been influential on me. It's called The Fourth Turning and basically about how every 80 to 100 years we have these crises. And the reason is because um, people forget why the institutions that have been put in place are there. Uh, and I just think that we're headed towards. Well, actually, I think we're in another fourth turning and uh, what comes out of whatever crisis that you know and we're seeing multiple crises right now i think the big one to come is the fiscal and economic crisis yep um you know what comes out of that uh will determine what our country and what our world actually looks like uh for the next several generations Jeez, i'm so glad you brought up that uh, great answer and i'm so glad you brought up the fourth turning i remember reading one part about it is that i think the second part of this fourth turning right now he said I'm pretty sure correct me if i'm wrong i mean uh, that there's going to be a return in faith of these institutions I don't know. I feel like all these institutions are going to, people are going to shatter their faith and maybe they're going to <laughs> regain faith at a local level. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that's what we're seeing. Um, and what happens is new institutions arise, uh, you know, uh, and they're, they're, they're built up 
as a response um, to what happened. For instance, if we look back at the revolutionary period, um, you know, what would the cost, what, even the Articles of Confederation, um, our system of government was uh, really put into place, and even the Constitution was put into place uh, to ensure that you wouldn't have a strong central government, at least not a monarchy. Um, and then, of course, we've unfortunately, unfortunately, a lot of folks don't understand you know, why things like the Constitution are important, or at least limited government now. Um, so, you know, going forward, what we'll see is we'll see, a, you know, um, a response, uh, a rejection of uh, of those in, of those institutions. And one of the things that bothers me about this particular period is it seems the things that are being rejected are literally the foundations of America. Yeah. You know, the Constitution, the free enterprise system. Um, so, uh, you know, what replaces that? Well, hopefully it's, it's once again faith in um, those concepts, uh, and hopefully it doesn't go the other way. Um, but yeah, you, what you see is, is a response and a rejection to the institutions that have put, been put in place, and then new institutions arise. I don't like these new institutions. I always feel like the founding principles of this country were so great, and we could have elaborated on it. But uh, Mayor Jacobs, in 2008, my neighbor knocked on my door, asked what uh, sports team I was watching because I was yelling and hollering and jumping up and down. And it turns out I wasn't watching a sports game. I was watching the 2008 presidential debates where I saw a gentleman named Dr. Ron Paul get ganged up on by eight other candidates, and yet he defeated them <laughs> all soundly just on principle alone. And that was one of my biggest awakenings. I have to say that Ron Paul has been one of those people that, I don't know, he just inspires me so much. He woke me up. I was wondering what impact Dr. Paul has had on your life. He's had a tremendous impact on me. Uh, I actually discovered Ron Paul through libertarianism, not the other way around, uh, which has been the case for many folks. Um, I was watching uh, a John Stossel special is Mr. Stossel Goes to Washington. And uh, that was really uh, the first time that I'd heard about this crazy congressman from Texas. And I'm <laughs> listening to Ron Paul. I was like, he sounds just like me. <laughs> and uh, so I start reading his stuff and um, – just following him. And I was like, yeah, he, this is, this is exactly what I believe. Um, Ron Paul has been absolutely instrumental in the modern Liberty movement. He has probably done more for the cause of Liberty than anyone since the founding fathers. You know, I got to meet him, uh, during his 2008, um, campaign. Uh, he came to Nashville and, uh, I uh, got to meet him with some other folks and I don't like, you know, I've, I've, cause of my wrestling career, I've kind of been around a lot of celebrities and stuff. Right. So I normally don't get weak kneed and tongue tied when I'm around someone, but I'm just like, Oh my God, that's Ron Paul, you know? <laughs> um, but just, you know, it, it's not only, you know, he didn't, he was actually a horrible congressman as a congressman. He never got anything passed, but he was great because as a congressman, he had a platform and, he started a movement and that's much more important to, I think than getting elected to an office. Um, so I just have the utmost respect for him. And, uh, you know, I said, one of the highlights of my life was, was getting to meet him. And, and I've been able to talk to him a few times after that. And uh, that's just, you know, it's, it's like, if I got to sit down, I don't know, and, and, and talk with, you know, whoever you want to put up on your list of, of great people, uh, so that's tr it's been a tremendous honor for me. Thank you. Thank you. It's felt the same way when I met him, too. I, I couldn't believe it. He, he was so nice. And he does, every year he does the, the Ron Paul Peace and Prosperity Conferences. And 
he literally will sit down and have a conversation with most people. Just about everyone walks up to him. It's it's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, and he's and he's just he's still humble yeah. and uh, still working at eighty four years old. Still working every I know, single day. It's crazy. Could be on a beach. I somewhere. remember. I remember. Um, it was just whatever it was it was on TV, and I think uh, it was it was Pat Buchanan. Um, that said, that said, that Ron Paul is saying he hasn't done enough for Liberty. Well, if Ron Paul hasn't done enough for Liberty, what have the rest of us done? You know, I was like, that's pretty much it. <laughs> uh, Jacobs, I'd like to just ask you a question about your, your days as a professional wrestler, a professional wrestler Kane, where you, you've been both both an amazing heel and a babyface. And in order to do that, in order to be a Hall of Fame professional wrestler, you have to be a master at psychology, communicating, provoking emotion. I was wondering, how did that performance skill set in wrestling help you in the world of politics? Well, one thing that all of us need to keep in mind, every libertarian needs to keep in mind, is um, people don't, and this is, this is, this is not uh, to denigrate anyone, okay? This is just a fact that people think emotionally for the most part, and a lot of times we do too. Um, and libertarians try to overwhelm folks with statistics and facts and logic, and that's not how people think. And, you know, that's understandable because people are dealing with their day-to-day stuff. Um, so it's in the same way that, you know, WWE professional wrestling is really about eliciting emotion from the audience and trying to get the audience to empathize uh, with where your character's coming from. And this is a lot the same. Uh, you know, uh, I have to persuade people that a certain course is right. And to do that, uh, I have, I have to be persuasive and have to figure out the best way to do that. Uh, and the best way to do that is, you know, not only, you know, like I said, statistics and all that are great, but also what does it mean for you? You know, what, what emotional, um, need or, or what do you see that whatever I'm saying fulfills, um, and that's just in the communication aspect, um, that's really important. And I don't think a lot of libertarians get that. I think a lot of folks think, gosh, man, I'll just overwhelm them with facts and the facts don't matter. You know, your ability to relate to people, uh, and that's true not only in politics and wrestling, but in life, but your ability to relate to people, um, your ability to be genuine and sincere, uh, all those things are, are vitally important, much more so than what you say. You know, there's an old saying in politics, it's, it's um, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that's absolutely true, you know. And as I said, there's, and there's good reason for that um, as well. So I would say it is, it's that ability, you know, to, to be able um, to talk to people not only on a level of, um, you know, statistics, facts, and a lot of sort of stuff, but also on an emotional level. Uh, uh, Mayor, okay. Mayor Jacobs, I want to let everyone know that you are running for re-election as mayor for Knox County. And just to highlight some of your accomplishments, note in first term, no tax increases, job growth, no uh, promoted and stood for the Second Amendment. You maintain that uh, double-A bond rating, which is something the government doesn't know how to do. They don't know how to manage their funds, but you manage to Double-A plus. Double-A plus. Double-A plus, yeah. <laughs> so, um, Sorry. No, no worries. <laughs> no. What, are the, what are two reasons why you think people should continue to support you and you, to stay on second term? Well, Knox County is a great place to live, to work, to raise a family. Um, and 
more and more people are discovering that. And I really think our best days are ahead of us, uh, you know, and uh, people here, as I said, um, I feel that I represent the, um, the philosophy of most people in our area, um, you know, which is we need to keep government out of the way, we need to keep government out of our backs, and we need to allow the private sector to do what it does best. Um, and, and that's where I'm at. I'm not a politician. I never wanted to be. I'm still not. Uh, you know, I always say that I hate politicians. And ever since taking this job now, you know, I'm really beginning to loathe myself um, <laughs> just because I, you know, you know, here I am. Um, but nevertheless, um, you know, my, my job is um, first and foremost, my job is to um, protect the U.S. Constitution, the Constitution, state of Tennessee and the Knox County Charter. Um, and then it's also to do the best job that I possibly can for Knox County. I think that really revolves around economic development, about jobs in our area, about being a place uh, that's business friendly, low taxes. And those are the things that I believe to my absolute core and they're never going to change. Mayor Glenn Jacobs, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. Again, uh, the mayor is a Hall of Fame professional wrestler, best-selling author, and he's got a bright future ahead of himself. And he's a strong advocate for freedom. So I want to thank you so much. Can learn more about Mayor Jacobs by going to his website at jacobsformayor.com. Thank you so much, Mayor. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, Ryan. Okay, everyone, that concludes today's edition of the Out of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Special thanks to our unbelievable guest, and special thanks, as always, to our virtues, Miss Carrie O'Connor, Miss Constance Dallas, and our social producer, Jenny Lamisa. To learn more about the Out of Limits of Inner Truth, please go to our website at outoflimitsradio.com. And till the next time we meet, my friends, I wish upon you an abundance of peace. Love and beers. Take good care and thank you so much for listening. Need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh.